0: Welcome to the Fearless Women Podcast. We're inspiring conversations for the unafraid. I'm Janice McDonald, founder of The Beacon Agency, author, and global champion for women. Why am I making this show? Because I want to share the inspiring stories of women leaders in business, arts and culture, politics, and more with all of you. Hear how they've chosen to go forward and be bold and make the world a better place even when it wasn't easy to do. Subscribe now wherever you find podcasts. Hey, everybody, I'm Janice McDonald. Welcome to the Fearless Women podcast. We are inspiring conversations with the unafraid. Thank you for tuning in across Canada and so many other countries like Australia, USA, UK and more. I love hearing from you. So send me an email at fearlesswomenpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram. As you know, my book, Fearless, Girls with Dreams, Women with Vision, continues to inspire, and I thank you all for your support in making it a bestseller in Canada. Now today, I have an incredible guest on the show. She's an entrepreneur, designer, not one, not two, but three-time bestselling author, producer and TV personality. You've seen her on so many different HGTV shows, including Sarah's House and Sarah's Summer House, if you're watching in the USA. She's won a Gemini and a Top 40 Under 40. So many other accolades. I don't have time to list them all. Today, however, we're going to talk about her amazing new book the first in a series. It's called Collected. It's a visually stunning book with city and country style that offers fresh rooms and new ideas. For the best of both worlds, we need this right now. Welcome to the show, Sarah Richardson. Thank you. Nice to be here. So, so much to talk about, but starting with, how have you managed through the pandemic?
1: Uh, one foot in front of the other each and every day. <laughs> uh I it's, I'm not gonna lie, it's been uh one of the most challenging times of my entire life. Hmm. Well, and that's considering that that's you're no in. way to kick off an
0: interview, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's it's it hasn't been easy. And you know what? I, I think it's helpful for people to know that you in your organized and beautiful surroundings are also having a difficult time. So thank you for your candor.
1: Well, I think it's um so we have been uh, we went I I say to people, we went for a long weekend at the farm. So we live, uh, we have a hundred acre farmhouse that we built. Um, sorry, we have a farmhouse on 100 acres that is off the grid that we built for our series, Tara off the grid, my husband and I did. And, uh, we went up for a long weekend in March and 11, or is it now 12 weeks later, we're still there. So, uh, you know, we, we started out with a deep level of gratitude for the fact I, felt uh, so grateful that my husband had had the wisdom to build an off-grid home, because as, as everything <clears throat> felt like it was uh, heading off the cliff, uh, we knew that we could shelter safely in place. Um, but, you know, as I try to remain optimistic with, I am so, I'm so, so lucky, because when I look out the window, I see beautiful views, uh, I see deer, I see wild turkeys, I see rabbits, uh and 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 the absolute majesty of the ontario landscape at the same time uh let's be totally honest the wheels came off the bus that is my business and it has been uh just it's sort of like playing an intense video game where things just blow up around every single corner so it's been challenging because we Uh, delivered. So we're going to talk today about uh, the first book in my new series, Collected, which we uh, have launched during the pandemic. And we had to deliver the second book in the series in the midst of a pandemic, plus try to navigate all the extreme challenges of running a business as the world was essentially shutting down. So yeah, that makes for some challenging days. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh,
0: it isn't easy as a business owner, uh, to realize that you have to, you know, be so incredibly innovative and creative as, I mean, no one expects the world to come to a complete halt. And, uh, but let's talk about this beautiful book. Cause I, I want to stay on the, on the beauty and lightness and goodness. Let's and- stay there. <laughs> so, you know, it, This new book comes really at the right time, even though we're in the midst of a pandemic. We do have some time to uh, read. We do have some time to get inspired. We're spending so much time at home. We have a good sense of what we like and what we need to change in our homes. So your book collected is, as you mentioned, that first in a series. You've got another one coming out in the fall. But why did you write this specific book and start this series, Sarah?
1: Such an interesting question. I um so I've done two books previously with Simon and Schuster, Sarah Style, and At Home Sarah Style, and mm-hmm. um, my publisher and I were talking, and he said, "I'd love you to do another book." And I said, "Well, I have an idea, and my idea is I would love to do uh, a book series. I'd like to think about something." where um in in the same way that when we when we make a tv series we often think about what the next season will be and how you invest in something and you build something and then you can allow that that entity to evolve and respond to current market trends and what the appetite for uh entertainment is and i said i would like to do something that's ongoing and i would like to create a book series that uh, allows me a bit more flexibility in terms of the content I can include that would allow me to spread my arms wider and wrap them around content created by other designers other creatives um, that wouldn't be just about me that would allow me to share the things that I think are interesting that other awesome people are doing because I have a few good ideas but I don't have all the good ideas uh, other people do. And it's, it's lovely to be able to think about doing something that is collaborative. So the idea was born from uh, a concept that sort of was one part book, one part magazine. So all the freshness and the variety and the texture and the wow of a magazine, but without the ads, delivered in a book format that would be uh, a no-brainer. So I'm, yeah. a, I'm a practical person by nature, and I think a lot about what our readers, what our viewers, what our followers need, and what they need is affordable solutions. And sometimes you see a gorgeous coffee table book, and it's $100, and you think, ooh. So I wanted to create um, an affordable series that you could collect um, that would be ever-evolving. And we, we refer to this as a mood board. And it's about sort of what's happening, what's new and now, what's on our radar right now. And uh, that was really the goal for the book. And the name is Collected. When I Collected comes from the concept that when you think about designing your home uh, or, you know, I think some homeowners think or, and anybody who we all have at home, whether you own your home or you write your home, you think, oh, well, I'm not designing my home. You are. I want you to think about how you create a home and what you're doing in the creation of your personal spaces. You're curating and you are evaluating each and every piece that you bring into your home and you're creating your own collection of personal objects. And that recipe is uniquely you. So that sort of the idea for the name uh, was that we were collected comes from the concept that you are curating and collecting to design your home or we are as designers for clients. And then also uh, that we are collecting great ideas from around the world and presenting them to you in a curated format. It's such a beautiful book.
0: I uh, On page 19, there's this uh, picture of what can't be a laundry room. It is just so gorgeous. And <laughs> I was thinking, boy, you could get me to do laundry if I was hanging out in that room. I tell you, it's so beautiful. But what are some easy fixes, the kind of quick and obvious that can give big bang for your buck for people to consider right now? Because, you know, we tend to be stretching those dollars right now.
1: I think, you know, I I love that question because I came into this, I came into the world of design and television uh, as a DIYer. Um, So I started off doing craft segments in 1996. Uh, on what used to be the Life Networks, anybody out there remembers that. And so I think you know if if we can put a silver lining on what's happening right now, uh, I think the silver lining is encouraging people to tackle DIY projects. And so when I when I when people ask me about what is the best way to make a positive change, what are the little things you can do, the affordable things? Okay, you can uh, painting is number one, the most transformative. An affordable thing you can do so uh, amazingly paint sales and not surprisingly have skyrocketed during the pandemic because some people are stuck at home and can't work some some of us are juggling work from home um, and others are stuck at home and can't work and uh, so this is uh, this is an opportunity to really make a great positive change but before you put that paint on the wall, the number one step for me is I say you need to edit. You need to clear out the room. So if you have if you have absolutely no money to spend, I want you to think about, I, I use this quote all the time. I probably use this quote in almost every single interview. William Morris, who was the founder of the arts and crafts movement in the 19th century, uh, had a brilliant quote, was which was, have nothing in your homes that you do not know to be useful or believe to be beautiful. And if you apply that wisdom to your home, if you're sitting in a room right now, scan around, is it useful? Is it beautiful? If not, do you need it? And could you get rid of it? And decluttering and editing and getting a fresh start, even if you just take your room and take all the furniture out, give it an almighty clean, freshen it up and put it back in, I can guarantee it will feel better. Or rearrange all the items you have and put them, try them in different places. Put the dining room in the living room, and the living room in the dining room. I mean, uh, the creativity is is born from trying new things. So I think those are those are three easy changes to make right now. Love that. What about the idea of opposites
0: attract? How does that play out in your design?
1: Well, the idea of opposites attract is that I always say when people ask me what my design style is, I always say that I create interiors for modern living they are informed by a classic perspective and that is that i i love old houses i love historic architecture i uh admire anything that has soul and spirit uh vintage furniture you know that if people have watched my show they know that the flea market days the auction days those are the i love my job days you know going to a salvage shop But at the same time, I love streamlined, I love crisp, and I love contemporary. And I think so many of us have uh, a craving for both. And in terms of this particular book, we, you know, in thinking about, oh, what should we uh, talk about? And I, I wanna mention quickly, I have a tiny, I have a micro team that created this book. And one of the things I'm most proud of uh, is what a tiny team we had. And I think people often would think, oh yeah, there's all these people working on it. So I worked with um, Beth Hitchcock, who's my editorial director and former editor-in-chief of House and Home Magazine, and Rose Pereira, who was my uh, designer, and then Jennifer Gibo, who's my media manager on my Sarah Richardson design team. So the te- a team doesn't get much smaller than that, um and i I can proudly say we were also a very girl-centric team Mm -hmm. um and the cover photography was taken by a very talented photographer valerie wilcox another woman so one of the one of the things i was most proud of was that this book from start to finish was done by women and we had total freedom to do whatever we wanted and when we thought about what we wanted to do did we want to do a city book or do we want to do a country book If you chose to do just one focus or the other you would run the risk of alienating a huge group of people and so we talked about how those two elements come together and you might think that city living versus country living are the farthest things apart in terms of focus and style but at the same time what we realized is there are people living in the country who want a modern interior uh, that is crisp and pared back. There are people who want to live in the city and have all have it full of antiques and softer elements. And then there's uh, the idea of maybe you grew up in the country but you love the bustle of the city, or you grew up in the city and you yearn for slow weekends. So we we really thought that there's something there's something in all of that that touches all of us and no matter where we are we might be thinking dreaming ideating uh or fantasizing about being somewhere else or doing something different Mm -hmm.
0: and you also uh highlight some of the global trends as well what are you loving right now sarah
1: i think what i am Um, I, you know, in the book, I think one of the, one of the things I love is uh, appropriate for for this conversation. I love the fearless yet fun use of color uh, in the restaurant that we feature called Il Fiorisco, which is in New York City, um, which has hand painted murals uh, by a Canadian artist, female artist, nonetheless. uh, And the idea of um, a contemporary space that combines spirit and whimsy, because I think that is, I think that is something that we all need more of at this time. Um, I, in our, in our global edit, one of the other things, you know, the amazing, uh, the, the amazing rewarding aspect of leading the charge and having your own project is you get to do whatever you want. And I think one of the, one of the most fun things about this project was instead of saying, oh, well, we can't do that because we don't, we don't have that kind of feature. We could just say, let's do this. How about we do this? So we did a feature on six female artists, female Canadian artists. And um, that that is what makes me excited and makes me proud is to be able to champion the work of other people who work with passion, and don't necessarily always get to see their work pushed to the forefront. And I think in terms of when we think about how we're going to come, how, what is our world gonna look and feel like when we come out of this? I, I my, my greatest hope is that there will be uh, a spirit of um, seeking things to fill our homes with that are meaningful and soulful and uh, that really resonates deeply. So I think the idea of living with less, but better objects is, and I, and I don't see that. I, I think in some ways it's the use of natural materials, um, the idea of embracing artisans and craftspeople um, and, and buying things of quality. And interestingly, it's a bit the maker the maker trend The natural materials, um, anything organic. I think you can say it's a trend, but what I find exciting about it is I want it to become ingrained as a way of life. That instead of buying the cheapest knockoff you can get, um, that instead you would get the best you can possibly get and embrace a global workforce of people who are dedicated to doing their best each and every day
0: more along the lines of furniture you can pass on because it's going to last exactly Yeah. So yes, you champion female Canadian artists, which is amazing. WXN Women's Executive Network recognized you last year with an honorary Hall of Fame induction for Canada's top 100 most powerful women. I was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2016. So I know how prestigious it is to get this recognition. What does it mean to you? Because you're spending your days putting a spotlight on on others. What does it mean to you to get this recognition?
1: uh it was um to be recognized for what you do is is a gift um and and honestly in this case also a surprise and um when it's not something that you applied for or you know mm-hmm. tried to get nominated for it's to to realize that people are looking at you and think you mean something to a larger population. Uh, it was it was really it was overwhelming and so incredibly rewarding, especially when, as as you know from having the same experience, that when you're when you're in a room and you're surrounded with this group of women and you hear what they're doing. And what they've achieved, and what sector they're working in, and the changes they're making to our world—I have to tell you, it's for me, it's extraordinarily humbling. Because, you know, at the core, i i make I make beautiful spaces and beautiful things. That's my goal. Um, but, you know, I, I think at the top level, at, at first blush, my world is about pretty things. Um, I do try to think about diving deeper and creating homes that have meaning and, and thinking really about how uh, where we live affects how we feel, affects our mental well-being. It affects uh, our outlook. It affects how we connect and um and create experiences with other people. So I like to think that there is deeper meaning than just the pretty stuff. And I take my role as uh, an educator, uh, trying to help people achieve their goals really seriously. And that's one of the most rewarding things for me. But at the same time, to stand in a room and be recognized um, by the Women's Executive Network with such a high honor, was uh you know you sort of look around and go really are you sure are you sure you want to give that to me Uh, so high high honor it sits on my desk i believe that uh having a home that makes you feel safe and comforted is so important especially at this time you know i think that that is when we come out of this i feel like if you went into the pandemic and you loved your home Um, sheltering in place and working for home is, is still challenging, but you, those, those of us who live in spaces we love uh, can think, oh, wow. You know, as I, as I sit here talking to you, I'm at my dining table. I'm actually in the city today. I'm in Toronto and um, I'm looking at a, at the backsplash in my kitchen, which was a splurge. And I bought a piece of marble that I absolutely loved. And I agonized over it because I'm very practical by nature and thought, oh, should I splurge on that? And there's a great saying that comes, another favorite thing of mine is from um, an American designer named Miles Red, who says, buy the best and you only cry once. And <laughs> that idea... That idea of of buying quality and 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 really tuning into what you love um, matters. So I think that coming out of this pandemic, anybody who's been feeling like they don't love their home and they want to make changes will probably, I think, we will see a, a higher importance placed on on creating a home that makes you feel good. Probably, hopefully more on on that investment side of things and less on another pair of shoes or a handbag or a status symbol.
0: Yeah. So the first known use of the word fearless was apparently in 1540, but women, of course, have been fearless since the time Eve took that first bite of the apple. Tell me about a time, Sarah, you were fearless.
1: That's- an interesting question because I don't I don't know that I it's it's not something that I think a lot about. I guess but I, I guess I think the, the the thing that pops first into my mind is probably what I've been doing as my career now, uh, for this is my twentieth year uh, as a host and as the, um, co-creator and co-producer of my own TV shows. And so I guess fearless for me was probably when I just thought I could make my own TV show and just thought I have an idea and I think I can do this. Um, and I look back on it now because I was so, so young and that would probably be, be it for me I don't even know if I was 25 when I was pitching my first tv series
0: wow I love that so what's your advice for ambitious women oh
1: boy how long have we got
0: (laughs) all day for you Um, all
1: day you know the thing is when I when I think about success I, I think ambition is a tricky word Because I feel that I have experienced some people who are ambitious, but they uh, don't have the, they don't have the foundation to back it up. So being Mm -hmm. successful isn't about having blind ambition. And I, I think that that's, I think I like the idea of being fearless first, I think ambition follows. And I think I would say that for me, it's important. I think a defining characteristic uh, and what I'm proud of is there's nothing I wouldn't do. I don't believe in hierarchy. I believe in doing your best each and every day. So uh, as as I sit, sit stand, uh, work and move through the world today, there's nothing I wouldn't do. I might be the person on my hands and knees scrubbing the floor to get ready for a shoot. And I think that Um, I think that one of the challenges of of some of the younger generations now is a feeling that I don't need to do that. I'm above that. That's somebody else's job. And yet I believe that I am where I am because I believe no job is too small for me and I will never be too important to do anything. So I think you need to be prepared to dig in, get your hands dirty, And be willing to learn because to be able to learn, to grow, to be humble um, and to give everything you do your very best. And a long time ago, uh, you know, a defining moment for me was that I I said good enough will never be good enough for me. So I don't want to I don't want to settle when it comes to delivering the best product for my clients. I wanna deliver great solutions and I don't wanna live my life by compromising. I, I wanna feel at the end of every day that I gave it 150%. And I think that, that's, a, that's a challenge that I see today is that um, I, I'd like, I'd like to see everybody trying their best
0: such practical advice, (laughs) just keep at it, over deliver, right? Under promise, I think is maybe the distilled thing of what you're saying.
1: Well, I think that, I I, I think that it depends what generation you're from, Uh, how you view um, work and what you need to do to succeed. And some people will work tirelessly until it's the best it can be. And others will Load in and say, "Well, that's not my job." Yes, and I think that I think that having dedication, and I think that after being fearless um, and before being ambitious, uh, I think you should be dedicated and committed uh, to to giving everything your very best. And if you've done that, then you should feel proud of of what you've done. But Yeah, my uh, I have two daughters and uh, they both had the same teacher for a grade, for their grade six. And she gives them each, each kid gets a quote at the end of the year framed that represents them in the teacher's eyes. And uh, one of my daughters got, don't stop till you're proud. And I think that is, uh, I think those are words to live by. That once you're proud and once you feel you've invested the best you possibly can, that's when you can
0: stop. I love that. I'm uh, naturally curious. uh, Why is my favorite word ever? (laughs) And I'm so committed to lifelong learning. So I don't even know if I could ever get to a finish line, you know, because the world changes and then there's always more to learn.
1: Well, I think that's That's why as a designer, I'm so lucky because I finish one project and I move on to the next (laughs) and I get to start the, I get to start the learning and the fun and the creativity all over again. And I guess actually, uh, when, if, if I could almost re-answer, if I could add, if I could add to my previous answer about being fearless, um, I don't think I ever thought about what it meant to put my work out into the public spectrum. So it never occurred to me that that would be a dangerous thing or a challenging thing or um, uh, a hard thing to do. I just assume, well, I'll just I'll just share my ideas. And the interesting <laughs> thing about sharing your ideas is you have to be kind of fearless because not everybody's going to like them. And yeah. they will, and now thanks to social media, you'll hear exactly what people do or don't like. But, in terms of that ongoing curiosity and learning, one of the things that's been funny for me is sometimes you put a new idea out. So I've done I think I've at this point, I think I've done over three hundred uh, episodes uh, of of programs for HGTV plus I don't know, I've got hundreds of my own. So I've probably done you know five hundred different things. Um, And the the funny thing is you have to have a new idea each and every time. So sometimes you share an idea and people say, oh, I don't like that kitchen. I think you should have done a white kitchen like you did on this episode. But the funny thing is, once you've done it once, you can't do it again because (laughs) I wouldn't still be on TV 20 years later if I was still doing the same thing. So I look at every single project, every home, every client, every room is it's like being an artist and starting with a fresh canvas. And you have to do something different than what you've done before. Uh, And that's the that's where the that's where the learning comes in. That's where the motivation comes in, the inspiration. And that's what keeps the creative juices flowing, because like your quest for knowledge and why uh, mine is to think about how I can do something new and fresh and different. Hopefully at the end of a project, I don't ask why, why did I choose that? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you continue to inspire your work. Beautiful. This book is incredible. Where get it.
1: Where to get it? You can get it at any online bookseller. You can look at for your local bookseller uh, who is doing click and collect, but you can get it through Indigo, Amazon. You can get it in Costco if they still have copies in your local store. Um, and you can also get an autographed copy that you can order through my website, which is com. Okay.
0: So Sarah, what else are you up to during this pandemic?
1: Well, one of the most fun projects that I've been working on is that I launched a YouTube channel about a year ago, and we create weekly content, and I have a series, it's called Design Life, and my YouTube channel is Sarah Richardson, and we take... Uh, viewers along behind the scenes on the journey of my design life as it happens. And so while so much of the world was shut down, um, my husband and I make this series together and an editor that edited my very first show 20 years ago uh, works from home to create the magic. And we've managed to keep shooting and producing weekly content uh, as we've been moving through the pandemic and that's where viewers can find me if i don't have a new tv series on hgtv you can always find me on youtube from anywhere in the world
0: well final question what's your dream sarah for canada
1: oh gosh you gave me shivers asking me that um you know, my dream my dream for Canada is that we can uh, hold on to each other as we move forward and appreciate, I think, that this pandemic has hopefully taught everybody how lucky we are to be here in this country where we feel safe and uh, where we have so much to explore and do and so many great people to surround ourselves with. And I think that up until COVID arrived, people spent their time thinking, get me out of here. Where can I go next? What plane can I get on? and what destination can I go to? And I really hope that after all of this, people take a pause and look around and say, where could I go here? And how can I support my country here? And how can I buy local, help my community, and go and see places I've never seen and discover the great wonders of this country? Because it is awesome. So I guess that's my dream for the country as a whole. But if you ask me what my design dream for Canada is, one of the things that I've always wanted to do is I'd like to create a really special residence in Ottawa, if you know what I mean. I would like to create a prime minister's residence that would almost be like the ultimate show house. Imagine if you got, I'd like to do a TV series where we got the best designers from every single province across the country and we took the art that is at 24 Sussex and embraced it and every single designer took a room and created a showpiece and a masterpiece and donated their services and the best creatives in the country collaborated and cooperated and created a space that really represented who we are as a country and that could be a showpiece for design and creativity and probably a seriously watchable don't leave the room don't get off your seat tv show wouldn't that be fun i'm
0: ready i'm ready to watch it <laughs> let's go let's go sarah get this done i'm ready to do it thank you for that beautiful dream uh, additional dream for canada Sarah. You've been listening to the multi-talented three-time bestselling. We know the next book, which she's been sharing today called Collected by Sarah Richardson will be her fourth one bestselling. Her website is sarahrichardsondesign.com. What an inspiring conversation. Thank you so much, Sarah Richardson, for being on the Fearless Women podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute delight talking to you.
0: Thanks for listening. We want our community to grow. Tell your friends, follow us on Instagram, and sign up for our newsletter at fearlesswomenpodcast.com to get the early scoop. Thanks again to our amazing sponsors, BDC, Lockheed Martin, and Export Development Canada. Subscribe and Apple Podcasts are in your favorite app. And if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating. I'm Janice McDonald. Stay fearless. Thank you to Export Development Canada, the international risk experts, for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. Supporting Canadian companies of all sizes succeed on the world stage. EDC takes your worries away and helps you grow your business with confidence. When your business has no borders, neither does your potential. Find out more at edc.ca slash women in trade. Thank you to BDC, the bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. We love smart companies that want to amplify women's voices. For more information, go to bdc.ca slash women.